ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners. Welcome to the 206th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www. IIRSportsOneWord.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, bizarre news items, and event of the week that I covered. Also, we'll be joined later in the show by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. Well, my highlight of the week was the opening of NFL training camps, and from the Jets fan site flying over nearby Foxborough saying, cheaters look up, to Giants owner John Mara not knowing how many fingers Jason Pierre-Paul has, it's good to have football back. Great to just see it uh, nonstop all of a sudden on television, uh, on the field, from training camps, great stuff. Uh, Big news just within the past hour or two where Russell Wilson has apparently uh, agreed to a four-year extension worth $50 million guaranteed. If ever a deal needed to get done, it was this one. Uh, Would say, you know, don't know why it took so long, except most of them do take this long. But he is... uh, Obviously, the face of the franchise, and uh, so money well deserved. What's not like? What's not to like about Russell Wilson leading your team? So Seahawks made a smart move, and good to see it. And uh, he was applying a little pressure, and uh, you know it was clearly a topic that was out there, and talking about applying uh, extra pressure. Uh, and getting it done, Des Bryant threatened to uh, sit out regular season games, and lo and behold, uh, he ended up getting a big-time contract. And back to the Seahawks, looks like Cam Chancellor is talking uh, about holding out. So, must be training camp time in the NFL, or opening week. This is when you start to hear this stuff, and... uh, we are now underway, and it's just uh, terrific to have football back. That leads into my bizarre story of the week, which was Deflate Gate finally entering a new yet still bizarre stage with the uh, federal court filings. And, uh, you know, all I can say is. Everything else has been said that can be said, but let's hope that both sides listen to the judge yesterday saying, uh, tone down the rhetoric and solve the situation yourselves. So we'll see what type of impetus that may 
provide to, uh, to this situation, and we'll just go from there. My low light of the week was Boston uh, walking away from the 2024 Olympic bid. Uh, they were the chosen American city a while back. Uh, basically, Boston said it would not sign a guarantee for cost overruns, which is fine, except that the guarantee was not new. It's been there from the beginning, probably for decades upon decades. So millions of dollars and hours could have been saved if they had just said on day one it would not sign any guarantee for cost overruns. And they would have either been, then they would have clearly just been eliminated. I don't think the uh, USOC negotiates that point. Um, it's really been an interesting saga. You know, it's polarized the city here where I live for many, many months. Passionate, uh, passionate believers on both sides. Uh, debates, you know, committees formed, big names throwing their hat into the ring. It was just, you know, really a pretty much of a daily story here. Uh, you know, as often happens in, in Boston, <laughs> a lot of crazy stuff surrounding it, having to do with transparency and what was in this report, what was in that report, and people trying to get at various information, you know, what's public domain, what's not. So it was really, uh, again, uh, quite interesting to watch. I, for one, was for it. I'm in the world of sports. Of course I wanted and Olympics to be held within minutes of where I live it would have been awesome from a sports media point of view. Uh, yet I, I could easily see both sides, and it, it, you know, it was really fun to follow for uh, the past number of months. And I can only imagine had it gone forward, and indeed Boston been picked. Uh, what a fascinating! Nine, repeat, nine years it would have been. We just finished with the big dig, as many of you may know. Largest construction project in American history. Uh, you talk cost overruns, that set the standard. I think it was $13 billion or whatever. But uh, anyway, uh, this would have uh, perhaps exceeded that, uh, to say the least. So it would have been... Uh, amazing to watch, but that's it. It's over, rightly or wrongly. I don't object to Boston not, you know, not agreeing to covering any cost overruns. The way things run over in this city, <laughs> uh, there would have been a few uh, million, if not billion, to say the least. So my event of the week that I covered was the WNBA All Star Game down at Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, uh, otherwise known as. A Yukon fan fest uh, with multiple alumni from Sue Bird back in the day to Stephanie Dolson just last year playing uh, in the game and the West's Maya Moore, another Yukon alumni, of course, scoring 30 and winning the MVP. Uh, clearly, the WNBA loves having their 
games at Mohegan Sun. They've had them all-star games there before. And, and why wouldn't you? It is the women's capital, women's basketball capital of the world, uh, for sure, uh, stemming from UConn's uh, unparalleled success. And many of them go on, of course, to star in the WNBA, as I just mentioned. And it is just uh, uh, terrific, the passion for women's, women's basketball college and pro WNBA and uh, it's just Mohegan Sun great place great arena sits about 10,000 near capacity crowd last Saturday afternoon for the all-star game which of course was on ABC just a great product big names uh, big names such as Adam Silver the NBA commissioner was there uh, one of the things that was fascinating to me was, of course, watching Brittany Griner in person for the first time. Her dunking is awesome. Uh, and well, just watching her in warm-ups shooting threes was just remarkable. She was draining threes like, uh, like Steph Curry. So I could not have been more impressed, uh, not to mention the dunking part. So it was just really, uh, really fascinating to watch. And, you know, the, the West uh, victory was led, of course, by Maya Moore and Brittany Griner, and Sue Bird was on the team. And as far as the East goes, uh, the Connecticut Sun's own Alex Bentley, who played at Penn State, uh, was the leading scorer for the East, 23 points, huge game, uh, and she, which is really saying a lot when you consider that her teammates consisted of uh, Elena Deladon, Tamika Catchings, Shoni Schimmel, Stephanie Dolson, as I already mentioned. So uh, Alex Bentley's career is really blossoming. I've been watching her for the last couple of years play for the Sun. I've been very impressed. And uh, she really uh, just made a statement for herself in the All-Star game as to uh, where her game has gotten to. So it's just wonderful to see. As far as the event of the week that I will be covering, I'm looking forward to my annual pilgrimage down to Newport, Rhode Island, uh, only about an hour away uh, for the American Athletic Conference football media days, Monday and Tuesday. It's always awesome, one of my favorite events of the year. By far, uh, and it's just going to be terrific. Uh, clam bake on Monday night that is just uh, uh, as good a New England clam bake as you'll ever attend overlooking uh, Newport Bay. It's just uh, awesome sight, and then uh, and then from there, uh, all day Tuesday is, oh, and Monday afternoon there's a golf tournament at New- Newport National, very scenic along the ocean. Um, and then, uh, Tuesday, of course, every coach will be there, all 12 teams. Important to note that the AAC now has 12 teams with the addition of Navy, uh, which is just a spectacular addition, a service academy, uh, never a member of a conference before. So it is just, uh, fairly iconic stuff. It really is. Uh, and so Navy will be in the house along with the 11 other AAC teams, and 
each coach, uh, everybody bringing a couple of players, and of course, administrators. Commissioner Mike Garesco will be giving his annual address. So it's really going to be a big time event. I've covered it the last few years. Again, one of my favorite events. Cannot wait to go down and cover that. And more importantly, report it all back to you next Friday. But now, as my former co-host, Lee Mount Williams from Outside the Huddle likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we often have guests, and on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing very well, John. Very well. I'm, I'm actually on a reservation here in Alabama. Porch Bandit Creek Indians. I'm up here to prepare for a little football camp we're going to have tomorrow. Oh, that sounds fabulous. Uh, wow. Uh, football camp, that sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah, really excited. This is the first year we we have some former Alabama players along with some former Auburn players, uh, you know, Bobby Humphrey, Antonio Langham from Alabama, Joe Chris, Brent Fullwood from Auburn, and some of the players will be involved with the camp, uh, kids ages 5 to 17, 
And it's right here, just uh, uh, not too far from the Gulf of Mexico, probably, I think it's around 75 miles north at the Fort Spanish Creek Indians Reservation. That sounds terrific. Well, it sounds like an interesting max, mix of Alabama and Auburn players, uh, to say the least. Not, not exactly a group you see getting together all that often, I'm guessing. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, we wanted to make sure that uh, both schools were represented because uh, the fans will, or in the, will, will come out from both schools just to, just to see them operate. Absolutely. So it's a youth football camp. You're going to have younger kids there. Is that correct? Younger kids. Actually, five years old, John. I, I, I don't know what you were doing here five years old, but I couldn't imagine going to camp at five years old to learn about football. But in that state of Alabama, it's never too early. Yes. Uh, absolutely. Never too early. Just like where I grew up in Pennsylvania. Never too early. To say the <laughs> least. Um, that's great. Is it start tomorrow? Is there a one-day thing for tomorrow? Yeah, one-day camp. It's 9 to 1 o'clock. The kids will, uh, the campers will start to be here at 8 o'clock you know, for just some registration and different things to get prepared. And we'll be set to go at 9 o'clock in the morning until 1. They'll have lunch and receive a T-shirt, and we'll give a talk about drug prevention. And, and I know all the, all the campers will be excited to learn some football from some former Alabama and Auburn and NFL players. No doubt about it. Sounds like a great one. Uh, you know, and speaking of Alabama, it sounds like you might have some uh, interesting news on a future Alabama opponent. Yeah, John, uh, Alabama has been enamored with this neutral side game set up in 2018. They, they've announced, uh, I mean, you know, it hasn't been official, but I've confirmed with some sources I had as well that Alabama will play Louisville in Orlando, Florida, to begin the season September 1st, 2018. Really, to begin the season September 1st, 2018? Correct. That's correct. So those wow. teams have, yeah, those teams have met, I believe it's three times, John, a couple games in the 70s. I believe I was at those games, actually. And then they played in the Fiesta Bowl 1991, after the 1990 season. And Louisville put a beat down on Alabama that day. I think it was third, four to seven. It was Gene Stallings' first year, and he, he actually returned to Arizona. He was a coach of the Cardinals out there, so it wasn't a pleasant experience. But so he gets another chance to play Louisville and Bobby Petrino's offense. Bobby Petrino and, and Nick Saban. Now there's there's a coaching matchup you can sink your teeth into. <laughs> oh yes, yes, they're the both geniuses and their expertise of you know Petrino offense. Saban defense. So so far, Saban's been pretty good uh, competing against Bobby Petrino. He was able to tackle their offense at Arkansas. It's kind of funny. I question Coach Saban one had the better of that matchup, and uh, it was the week of the game. He kind of took umbrage about me praising his defense. Uh, to give you an idea, John, that in the last three years, say. LSU had played Arkansas and given up 90-something points in three games, and Alabama played Bobby Petrino at Arkansas. I think it was to give up 41. Wow. That is, uh, that's going to be a great matchup. Yeah, Louisville has uh, you know, been a player now on the national stage for a while, i.e. Teddy Bridgewater up in Minnesota and many other great players. So, uh That'll be great. Now, what intrigues me here is that, you know, the 
the neutral site subject in general, but is this Orlando getting into like uh, you know hosting an opening college week college game, opening weekend game, you know, for the first time? Like they have not been a team that's been do- or a city that's been doing that. Obviously, Dallas has been doing it. Many cities. It goes back to literally up in Giant Stadium with teams like Syracuse and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, is this Orlando? Like I know they have a, a refurbished Citrus Bowl. Are they now getting into this opening week, opening weekend, neutral site? Uh, yeah, yeah, John. That was that was the stumbling block. Initially, they had to they had to uh, repair that stadium, John. They had to up, make some upgrades right. before they can approach these different teams. I think Florida State. I think they're playing the Ole Miss, maybe. Is that one of the teams in the coming years? They're in Orlando. So this is, a, I think this is about the second one that I can recall being announced. Or, you know, it hasn't been officially announced by the folks in Orlando, but the second one that's been reported. So, yeah, that initially they wanted to get involved in these neutral side games, but they could not compete with these other stadiums, uh, Jerry Jones Stadium out. Right, the Georgia Dome. Yeah, Georgia Dome. So now they've upgraded. Now they're in that game. They're in that neutral site game. Well, you know, it's interesting. So what you're saying is, is Orlando's first one for an opening weekend potentially would be next September 2016, but possibly with uh, Florida State and Ole Miss, or at least that's the rumor. Is that correct? Right, right. Yeah, I think I think that one's been announced, and so. That's the one that I recall off the top of my head. I mean, that, that's a good matchup for the, the folks at Ole Miss. I mean, they recruit Florida, and, of course, Florida State is just another chance to give their fans in another part of the state a chance to see their, their team play. So, yeah, that's a good matchup. That's a fabulous matchup. So, theoretically, that's going to occur in the next couple of years. Then, of course, in 2018, Alabama – uh, and Louisville is—is is there another one that's being rumored for one yeah, of the I years? Yeah, I haven't heard one, John. I mean, I know that Orlando was was trying to get. Uh, you know, I've heard they're trying to get Alabama, but you know, this is the day that it's been reported by ESPN actually. So, but I had to confirm with some sources I had as well that and that that's that's the game that's going to be played in 2018 and. When they announce the final details or the official announcement, I'm not sure, but yeah, you can mark it down. I love it. I love it. Um, you know, uh, who doesn't want to be in Orlando on or about Labor Day weekend? And, uh, and you know, it's interesting to me, too, what you say, because uh, a few years ago I was down in Orlando, a number of years ago, actually, and, uh, you know, Drove by the Citrus Bowl. I think Boston College was playing in a bowl game. I'm, of course, located here in Boston. So uh, so I, I drove by. Uh, and, you know, uh, let's just say I could see where it, you know, would have been in need of repair. This was obviously before any repairs were done. And, you know, I was in the area. thought, oh, I'll just drive by the Citrus Bowl. I, I, I and I'm sure you do these kind of things. And uh <laughs> As sports media fa- people and fans, uh, and yeah, again, uh, you know, I knew that I was following their, you know, 
the repairs of it, and I know it had become. Uh, I know a lot of people were pretty, pretty happy with it. So uh, good for them. I love it. I love the fact that Orlando's uh, getting in the game, shall we say? And I think you know, University of Central Florida uh, success. You know, with Blake Bortles and winning big time games and. Uh, you know, like the Fiesta Bowl, things like that, uh, you know, I think is, it goes part and parcel with, you know, the city of Orlando, along with UCF, just uh, elevating their college football profile. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a great win-win situation for Orlando. I mean, that's the, isn't that the number one de- destination, John, in, in the United States for vacations? I mean, it just... Absolutely. It's another opportunity to get more people... Right. In the city, so uh, I'm oh, sure hey. they got all the, all the backing of every, all the businesses and people trying to make this event happen. Absolutely, no, it's great. Um, yeah, and I remember that you and I met at the UConn Michigan game a couple of years ago. We sat at halftime with a couple of folks that were, uh, you know, on I believe one of the Orlando Bowl committees, if I remember correctly. Um, uh, you know, they, they, they held a couple of bowls there, probably still do, I'm sure, obviously the Citrus Bowl, but, uh, yeah, but I remember there was, you know, I think another bowl, uh, anyway, we sat, you know, at halftime and had some food with, uh, you know, with a couple of people, who I believe one at least was Massachusetts based, you know, who like worked, you know, Orlando bowls. So, so yeah, I think it's great. They have a history, but, you know, again, this opening weekend thing is getting bigger and bigger, uh, you know, with each passing year. So, good to see. I'm glad to hear. That is good news. Yeah, it really is, John. And really, John, I don't think Alabama is going to back off from this neutral side game to open the season because it's so lucrative, the numbers. You just can't dismiss the disparity between playing a home-and-home and then playing a neutral side game every year, there's no way you can catch up. So until the, I guess the the well is dry, they're going to be, you know, make sure they have these neutral side games every year to make sure they have, uh, uh, you know, take advantage of of all the revenue that's available to a team like Alabama and their reputation. Because believe it or not, John, sometimes when you play neutral side games, and I asked a few coaches in the past, or athletic directors, you know, they they don't always make. You know they don't always make money, but it's so so uh, tempting for them because you get all the publicity, and you get to play a big time opponent. So, but Alabama they they come out way ahead in this situation. So there's really no reason, even though the fans, the, I mean the fans would love to see Alabama play USC home and home at games in Arlington. They'd love to see put you know play Florida State and Tallahassee home home and home. That game's in Atlanta. They'd love to play Louisville home and home. That game's going to be in Orlando. But I, I just don't see Alabama turning down this opportunity and, you know, getting so much money from these games. I agree 100%. And, you know, we both agree also that the college football landscape is changing. And, you know, you need to, you know, take your brand around. I mean, we both, you know, I, I of course, followed the games in Dublin in recent years, Penn State, Central Florida last year. And, you know, you, you need to you need to be a Travel with your brand, expand your brand. Uh, it's more important now than ever, and 
Again, I love it. This is now locking into, you know, becoming a tradition on the college landscape. And uh, I think it's great. And what better team than Alabama to, you know, draw in, shall we say, the neutral fan? I mean, who, who's not going to go to see Alabama if they're in your backyard? Yeah, they did have a lot of success with these games. You know, they've been able to sell the tickets. So it'll continue until until that that numbers changed until that money numbers changed absolutely so just as we close out the first segment uh alabama's opening game is who this year they're doing a neutral site game this year right to begin the season right first game will be wisconsin and they played that team one time with 1928 up in madison and the badgers won 15 to nothing so let's do the second time in arlington texas Saturday evening, September 5th, in Jerry's World. Love it. Wow. When last seen, the College Football National Championship was being played there. Uh, so <laughs> what a great way to kick it back off. So uh, we'll look forward to that, AP. But well, that's great, great, uh, great scoop, great story on your part. So thanks for sharing it with us. And uh, for now, why don't we take our break? And on the other side, speaking of last year's national championship game, uh, last year's national champion, uh, and you and I were both down there for the CFP's first ever weekend in Dallas, uh, Ohio State suspended four players yesterday. That's uh, pretty seismic news in my book, so we'll get to it uh, after the break. out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on twitter find us at voice america trn or twitter.com forward slash voice america trn You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. 
Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, of Bama Magazine. And A.P., uh, we're talking some neutral site college football games the end of last segment uh and yesterday speaking of college football which is really you know coming fast and furious now huge seismic news yesterday with uh four ohio state players getting defend uh suspended and one of them of course joey boza defensive lineman quite possibly the best defensive player in the country then three wide receivers, uh, you know, their second, third, and fourth leading receiver. So, uh, you know, Urban Meyer addressed it, uh, didn't say exactly what it was for, but huge news to begin the season, especially when you consider that they're opening at Virginia Tech. That's the game they're suspended for. Uh, and Virginia Tech beat them last year in Columbus, and this year's opener is uh, in Blacksburg, Virginia, against Frank Beamer and company. So, uh, huge news. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's it's a very difficult challenge for Ohio State because, number one, you're going on the road, John. So, when the team like Virginia Tech, they like to run the football normally. I don't know how they size up this year, but if they're start pounding away at you and you don't have your star defensive lineman in there to to you know you know stop the run, how how is that replacement gonna act? I mean what what are they gonna do? I mean so that that's a significant loss road. I think that's what makes it uh quite challenging for Ohio State. And uh when you're when you're coming back to defend your title, I mean it's a different team, it's a different year but you don't like to have, have these these distractions uh, in personnel happen to a football team. There's always the things off the field, of the you know the, the coverage is is uh, overwhelming when you're coming back at the national championship. But you don't want to see anything happen with your personnel on the field. So, but Ohio State has recruited well, so maybe they can weather this storm on the road to get through this game. They just have to win the game. I mean, you don't have to set any records. You just have to win the game. And Virginia Tech had beaten them last year. So I'm sure the team is fired up and they're preparing uh, to play Virginia Tech because they know that they can beat you. You know, they can be beaten. So it'll be an interesting um, opening game for Ohio State on the road. Oh, it'll be very interesting. First and foremost, Blacksburg, Virginia is a very, very difficult place to play. Lane Stadium. And, you know, I've watched countless games from there, but especially Boston College in the days of Matt Ryan as their quarterback and whatnot. And, you know, Titanic battles. Uh, I can only imagine the, Ho- the Hokey fans are just uh, so psyched for this game. I mean, how good, how good is it? You know, you're hosting the defending national championships at home. You beat them last year. And, uh you know, you talk about a game that you can sink your teeth into, especially now. Uh, it's this one, but, you know, I can't help but 
you know, notice the irony, obviously, the second, third, and fourth leading receivers on the team, obviously suspended for this game. So now all of a sudden, a hot, a hot topic of last year week show, you and I discussed, of course, Braxton Miller, uh, former, former quarterback, and you know, just announced last week he's switching to wide receiver and, you know, the irony is just incredible. You have to wonder. I mean, we could we could suddenly, in a high-profile game like this, have Braxton Miller catching passes from his former one of one or both of his former backups, J.T. Barrett or and or Cardell Jones. I mean, it's you know, it's just a remarkable coincidence to say the least. John, he could, he could be the star of the game for Ohio State. Absolutely. And, you know, you know, carrying the passing game. As a wide receiver, I mean, you use the perfect word. It's so much irony uh, with with his switching to that position in the opening game where the second, third, and fourth receiver are suspended. I mean, it's uh, it's one of these stories that if you made it up, your your editor would would say there's no way that could happen. But here it is, college football. Strange things happen. Yeah, and maybe it's not so much irony or... Even coincidence. I mean, you know, Urban Meyer himself yesterday said, you know, he 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 knew about this for a while, uh, this coming suspension. So, uh, you know, maybe it's not a coincidence. Maybe you know, maybe there was just uh, you know more of a plan that you know uh, that Braxton Miller, you know, at wide receiver made a lot of sense on a number of different levels, and maybe this is one of those levels where, you know, uh, they they knew they might need him, and I'm guessing he probably, you know, if he's looking ahead to his future in the NFL, potentially, you know, his best shot, I think we would both agree, and, you know, is at a position other than quarterback, shall we say, as good as he is, and let's not forget, He's one of the best quarterbacks to come along in recent memory, period. Big Ten Player of the Year. Uh, you know, tremendous quarterback. Heisman candidate, if not the Heisman, you know, leader just a mere couple years ago, and he got hurt, and we all know what's happened since then. So you're right. Truth is stranger than fiction. You can't make this stuff up. <laughs> and, and, John, maybe that was the the uh, persuasive argument that, that – had uh, Braxton Miller making up his mind to go to that position 100%. Maybe that, you know, the coach presented him with this uh, situation and said, you know, Braxton, you can start opening game. We're going to not have the second, third, and fourth receiver. We're playing a, a big opponent on national TV. Exactly. This is your, a great opportunity. Exactly right. And you just said it perfectly. I was, I was going to say it if you hadn't said it, that, you know, he could be in a position to literally, you know, uh, yeah, wi- you know, be a key cog, key reason that Ohio State could end up winning this game. And uh, so, yeah, I think it's great. And, you know, being in Dallas last year, you know, I really, really, I stayed across the street from the Ohio State Hotel. So I spent a lot of time there, uh, to say the least. And, uh you know, Ohio State, uh, you know, fascinating school to watch. I mean, to say, you know, to spend four or five days, you know, at the team hotel with their fans, you know, really getting to, you know, 
understand and get a true, genuine perspective of Buckeye Nation, you know, uh, on the highest possible stage, the first ever college football playoff weekend. It was fascinating. I mean, I loved it. You know, I grew up in Pennsylvania, so Pennsylvania people typically aren't Ohio State fans, and I, and I never have been one. But one of the first big sports events I ever covered in my life was uh, Ohio State visiting Penn State uh, when Woody Hayes was the coach, and of course Joe Paterno was the coach, and it really, you know, it was in my first year as a reporter, newspaper reporter, and, uh, you know, it was truly was one of the, you know, iconic games I've ever covered in my career. I had sold Cokes at Beaver Stadium my whole life, and uh, suddenly there I was in the press box covering Woody Hayes and, you know, Joe Paterno, and mm-hmm. it was great. So, I mean, you know, I've always been very intrigued by Ohio State. Terrell Pryor was another one where, you know, he broke every Western Pennsylvania record in football and basketball, for that matter. And, uh, you know, so I always was very intrigued by, number one, how he got to Ohio State over, uh, you know, Penn State and every other school in the country. And number two, how his career, you know, played out out there and even his pro career. So just an individual I've always watched. So, uh, yeah, Ohio State, they're, you know, they're as big time as they get. I, I think them in Texas, I you know, have the two biggest athletic programs uh, in America, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, John, those were the iconic programs through the years, always on the national stage. Uh, and I think the game, John, if I, I can recall, was that the Arch Schleister, his freshman year? Was that the game that you covered? Was that? Yes, the- absolutely. Okay, yeah. So, you know, legendary high school player from Ohio and Penn State getting together and two tremendous coaches. Yeah, that was that was quite a matchup. But, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Ohio State, they've always uh, had good players from that the state and they've been able to recruit well and they've always cherry-picked down south in Florida and different places. So, you know, Urban Myers, you got them right on top of John, that if you're looking across the landscape of of that fraternity, uh, he, he's the, he's the person that you fear. He's the coach that you fear. Oh, absolutely! And just as a quick backdrop, when I grew up in Pennsylvania, it's still around, but back in those days, with the high school Big Thirty Three game in Hershey, Pennsylvania, uh, pitted Pennsylvania's best players against Ohio's. Big time, major big time sporting event in the state of Pennsylvania, trust me. And, you know, so you, you grew up watching that, and you certainly are all in on Pennsylvania versus Ohio, to say the least. So, uh, yeah, so uh, a lot of good history there. And again, you know, <clears throat> I'm a better, you know, I'm a better college football <clears throat> media person after having spent, again, you know, Getting up close and personal with uh, with Buckeye Nation last you know this past January in Dallas, it was great. So uh, anyway, AP, we still have a lot more to get to on the other side, but uh, why don't we take our final break and uh, we'll get back to wrap it up with our final segment.
Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And before we get back to A.P., my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing, uh, and this was a tough one because it's a pretty, pretty dead time in sports, but uh, I had picked the Quicken Loans golf tournament final round on Sunday, and uh, it looks like it could have been uh, a pretty good pick because I just saw moments ago that Tiger Woods is apparently eight under in or after his second round uh, at the Quicken Loans, which is actually a Tiger Woods Foundation-sponsored tournament. It's down in Virginia for the first time ever this year. Used to be a con- congressional down in Bethesda. So it's still right in the D- D.C. area. But wow, how about that, AP? Tiger Woods, eight under in the second round or at the conclusion of the second round uh, in his own tournament. This is uh, pretty intriguing stuff. Hey, John, golf is all about the, the swing, I guess. It's like yep. the in basketball and uh, golf, it's all about the swing. He must have it back for the last couple of days. Well, you know, he started badly again yesterday. He's been in this terrible pattern of, you know, starting tournaments, uh, every tournament with like a bogey on the first hole, and he had, you know, a few a few bogeys in the early holes. Then he got hot, hit some birdies, so he finished, uh, you know, finished uh, under par. And uh, here he is today. I think he might have been five under par today. I'm not sure. It just flashed across the screen quickly. Bottom line, he appears to be eight under uh, during or at the end of his second round in his own tournament, the Quicken Loan. So, 
Hence, uh, uh, you know, I'll take a flyer and, and uh, circle that as something to keep in mind for uh, for for weekend viewing on Sunday if he's still in the hunt in any way, shape, or form. The good news is it looks like he's going to make the cut, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially his own tournament. I'm, I know he's pretty happy. Exactly, exactly, right. You, there is something to be said, because I cover the uh, Deutsche Bank every year up here, and that's, of course, another one of his tournaments. And, you know, he, he tends to play better. It's just that simple. Uh, when? You, you know, when he's sponsoring his own tournament, for obvious reasons. You know, who wouldn't? But, um, anyway, always like to squeeze some golf into our weekly show, AP, and... Uh, one other thing we should just squeeze in, uh, the Sheldon Richardson story. The uh, New York Jets defensive lineman apparently, uh, you know, arrested for driving 143 miles per hour in a police chase with an automatic weapon under his seat. Apparently, according to the arresting officer... The smell of marijuana in the car, and also a twelve-year-old in the car. I mean, wow, <laughs> wow. <laughs> he was, uh, you know, is, in baseball you hit hit the cycle, hit for the cycle. I guess, John. He, maybe that he was he was going for. I guess I don't on that arrest. That story is potentially disturb is disturbing. Uh, no, right now it's alleged. I mean, but it's disturbing on so many levels. It really is any one of the two or three things, the gun, the, the pot, the, the kid, the speed, any one on, the, on its own is, is alarming. On, it, on its own, John, it, it would be a reason to call him into the principal's office, wouldn't it not? <laughs> well said, well said. Uh, and there does appear to be like, you know, it's, it's it's obviously a crazy story, but it's also a weird story. Like, uh, apparently, timing, there was something about, you know, there was also an incident for him, you know, just, you know, with a, with, with a suspension from a month ago. So, it's like, put, it, it appears the, there are two incidents in question here, one for which he may have already been suspended, and now this. So, it's like, you know, it's putting like putting together a jigsaw puzzle suddenly. Yeah, I, you would think after the suspension of the four games, and he he's been advised by the league that he won't play, that you're going to be on your best behavior. Correct. Yes, exactly. But, but John, <laughs> I, I can't. You know, I, I can't fathom someone. I mean, it's one thing if he smoked some more marijuana, but to have all these other other things involved with the arrest, I just can't imagine going, it's like you're going out of your way to be suspended for not only the four games, but maybe the whole year. Exactly, and yeah, I mean, so it appears, you know, this incident apparently took place a couple weeks ago, July 14th, which was two weeks after his NFL, after he was issued a drug suspension by the NFL. So there you have it. That seems to be the timing. And, like, uh, again, <laughs> it's tough to even, like, imagine uh, something like this, you know, happening back-to-back. You know, usually a suspension is, you know, gets your attention, shall we say. 
Keeps you, and keeps you on the straight and narrow. Yeah, yeah, John, and then I guess he was on the radio in New York yesterday, and he made the statement that he learned his lesson when he was asked by the host, and that he would, you know, this is before all this was, came out in the news today. So I don't, I don't think he learned the lesson. And then the question becomes, John, how long do you give a person to rehabilitate themselves? I mean, there's all these contractual ramifications. I mean, I don't know all the details, but if I'm the general manager, I'm thinking, is this person, you you know, obviously second chances, third chances, that's part of the NFL. Um, that, that's the standard now. How long will you give a player with that much potential and ability to rehabilitate themselves? How, when will you cut them loose? That, that's always the question in my mind, I think. I'm not saying it can't be done. I know people have rehabilitated themselves. It's taking quite a while. But how long as a football team do you let this person? AP, you and I both know the rope has never been shorter than it is right now in the history of American sports, period. You know, I think the Ray Rice incident just, you know, fast-forwarded this whole discipline situation. And nowadays, you know, as you saw down in Alabama with, you know, the young offensive lineman, I believe it was, a young lineman a while, you know, just a few months ago. I mean, wherever it is, you see it every week you see something that, like, you know, somebody gets in trouble, they're cut immediately. It's become a, you know, cut first, ask questions later mentality, and that's just the world we now live in. And we got here in a hurry, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I think you're right, John, because all the other players are watching they're, they're watching to see what will be the discipline, what will be the disciplinary action taken by the, the management, the head coach, the administration. Absolutely. Well, AP, hard to believe. Uh, we're at the end of our show yet again, and uh, I have confirmed Tiger Woods is eight under. He has completed his second round. He was so yeah. He today he was five under. So bottom line. He is in second place, tied with six or seven players. The leader, David Lingmurth, is at nine under. And Tiger Woods is at eight under after two rounds, tied with people like Jimmy Walker and Retief Goosen, Charles Howell III, so some big names there. And that's it. So, wow. That's like, uh, that's pretty newsworthy, I'd say. Tiger Woods, one shot off the lead, and granted the afternoon round is still going on, but wow. That's uh, pretty significant, I'd say, in, in the wake of the British Open a couple weeks ago. Anytime. Wait. All your great perspective, breaking news, whatnot, and uh, we always appreciate it. Great job. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.